Hey, welcome back to the program. Is this, If this is your first time tuning in, I'm Emilio Desperado, and I'm going to be your host for the remainder of the hour. And this program is is all about real estate, buying, selling, holding, investing, um, you know, what to do, when to do it, how to do it, right? We're going to cover all of that, which is so important, right? And so essential when we're talking something as big ticket as real estate. And, you know, most, uh, most, wealthy people in the world, right? It's a large percentage. I want to say it's like 70% of billionaires uh, achieved their status and their wealth through real estate, right? So imagine what that can do for all of us. Imagine what that could do for the millionaires, for the, for the people that are just starting out that have zero dollars. Imagine where you can take your life, which is great. So we're bringing on an industry expert with us today, Paul Salcone. Uh, he's the sales manager at North Point Bank. He's fantastic. He strictly does mortgages, right? And uh, North Point is able to do mortgages in all 50 states. They have a slew of products um, that are super beneficial. But today, Paul wanted to come on and talk about the different uh, government loans, basically the government insured loans like FHA, financial housing, um, uh, financial housing, federal housing, the VA, the veterans, and then the USDA loans, which are more rural. So we're going to go ahead and uh, let Paul jump into that. Paul, welcome to the program. Thank you, Amelia, for having me this morning. I appreciate it. Man, it's always great having you on. And we love learning about the different programs because this is how, you know, we can buy. And this is how we can go ahead and create and accumulate wealth with very short to little no to little money uh, and, and purchase a home. So appreciate that. Yeah. So as you had mentioned, government programs is something I wanted to touch upon today. I mean, it is um, they're very, very popular mortgage programs in any market, um, in particular, this market where, you know, things are uh, a little unique. So. I would say, you know, of all my clients right now, I would say probably at least half, if not 60%, go with some form of government program. So I would say the vast majority of people um, use these programs daily. Um, you know, the most common, which I think most people are aware of, or at least heard of, are the FHA, the Federal Housing Authority loans. And, you know, they're very popular for first-time home buyers. I mean, obviously, they're geared more toward, um, you know, maybe lower income, uh, lower credit score, potentially, or people who want to put down less money buying a home. So I would say for first time home buyers, especially multifamily homes, um, it's the number one product for num for multifamily homes, first time home buyer. The reason being is it only requires three and a half percent down, which, you know, again, is a slam dunk there. And you can go from a one to a four unit property. Um, I think most people who get into this type of program realize that this is a way for them to get into a home in the short term. They can also use rental income to help them qualify with FHA loans. He said minimum down payment credit score. Usually you don't need about between 580 and 600. So the credit score requirements aren't too bad. And these are loans that the government backs. So lenders are very comfortable writing these loans. Um, the guidelines, you know, in general, they're lower income because you the debt to income ratio, they'll allow you to go a little bit higher. In general, not to be too uh, numbers oriented, but, you know, they'll go up to 56.99% DTI. And most wow, programs definitely. are at 50 or less. So essentially what that means is, you know, all your debt, is can be more than half of what you make a month before, um, you know, before taxes. So people like this program. And uh, so that's the most common. I would say, you know, on the multifamily, especially, that's where most people go with the FHA. Um, another program I wanted to touch upon as well would be the VA program. Um, VA is, is, to me, number one program out there. Obviously, you have to be a veteran or you have to be married to a veteran or, or some association with a veteran. So it is a little bit more um, selective. 
But with the mm-hmm. VA programs, again, it's it's um, actually no down payment requirement. So technically, it's 100% financing, which is very desirable. And it's for one to four unit properties, owner occupied, of course. You can mm-hmm. use rental income to qualify. But the other part of this that's very, very, very attractive is that there's no PMI. So for, for PMI, what is PMI? It stands for private mortgage insurance. So when you're um, you know, you're buying a home, obviously, if you're putting down less than 20%, you're paying this additional insurance coverage, the PMI. So with the um, VA loan, they'll they actually absorb it. They they take care of it for the veteran. So you don't have to pay this additional um, you know, expense each month. So most people who are veterans, I would say almost every situation they would go with this program because of that. You know, obviously less down payment, no PMI. Um, that's why it's very popular. I mean, you've seen this before, Emilio. I imagine, you know, you've done numer- numerous numerous of these in the past, and you see a lot of veterans taking advantage of this program. Um, oh, no, it's, it's really yeah. good. Yeah, so it's a really yeah. good program there. And, and you know, just another program I wanted to mention a little bit about is um, the USDA program, and, and, and that is the uh, more rural areas. So what happens is every, every state has certain towns and communities where they're approved, like for example, Rhode Island, I've done a couple in like Foster, um, Hopkinton, certain parts of the state, a little more rural. Um, they What these programs are geared for, the government programs, they're similar to FHA, but they actually have a situation where there's no money down, 100% financing as well for first time home buyers or even repeat buyers in certain circumstances. So this is a program out there, very, uh, you know, it's a good program. Uh, rates are very good. Uh, obviously, you know, the only difference between this and VA was VA has no PMI because of the veteran. This one does have PMI, but it's similar to what PMI would be for an FHA loan. So it's not like it's a crazy monthly figure. It's consistent with with, uh, with FHA um, guidelines for, for the PMI. So these Paul, are three with, very popular. With the USDA loans, okay, for the rural areas, does the PMI, that mortgage insurance, does that run the life of that mortgage or does it drop off at a certain point? Um, it is consistent with the FHA rules, so it does usually run for the entire life of the loan. So this is something where, you know, you probably get yourself into this loan in the short term, and the long term would be, uh, you know, goal would be probably to refinance to a conventional loan. Same thing with the FHA as well. You know, it's something where it's a great way to get into a property in the short term, and then down the road when, you know, when numbers make sense, you can refinance to a conventional. And conventional is not like it's, you know, impossible to get approved for. I don't want to make you think like it's just like something you can't obtain. It's just with yeah. the conventional loans, typically credit score requirements a little bit higher. And sometimes the debt to income ratio, they're a little more conservative. So that's why a lot of first time home buyers who, you know, maybe are newer to the industry, they go with the government programs. But long term, these would be a stepping stone for conventional or something similar. So when you look at the interest rates online and you type in like 30 year mortgage rates, like I do that all of the time, you can <laughs> see different layers. You can see FHA, conventional, jumbo, um, 30 year, 15 year. Now yep. I, I want, you know, so, so when we look at those, right, the FHA and the VA and the USDA loan rates, like the, yes. the mortgage rates are lower than say conventional rates, right? Yep. Why, why is that, Paul? Okay. Yeah. So you are, you are correct. I would say more often than not, when you look at, you know, the categories, say conventional versus government programs, the FHA, VA, USDA, Usually, an average, I would say the um, government programs are about a half a percent less on average. And the reason being, there's two reasons. One, I mean, the government is backing the program, so so they they control rates a little bit more because it's money they're lending directly. So the government has a, you know, they, they can control that because a lot of the money is coming from them. But beyond that, um, some of these programs, they do have a few additional fees involved that kind of offset the risk. And, and what I mean by that is, for example, on a um, U.S. or say, let's say FHA. 
they charge a, and again, this is, this is common knowledge, but again, not, not common for everyone who's not in the industry. They charge a 1.75% fee initially. You don't pay it out of pocket, but it's actually added back to your loan amount. So for example, if you borrowed, you know, $200,000, for example, the 1.75% fee in that case would be $3,500. So this money would be added back to your loan amount. So because of that, it's almost like you're paying a upfront insurance in a sense that the, the government's getting this money up front no matter what so it almost offsets the risk a little bit so that that's that's one of the reasons why that you know some of the fees are higher so they can charge a little lesser rate um you know in in va one thing i want to mention about that as well is while it's a great program if you're an injured veteran or partially injured you get a, a there's a form we have we actually send to them and they, and they give us a you know a breakdown of what your you know disability status is and if you have you know partial full disability there's a fee that the VA charges called funding fee. I'm not sure if you heard of it before, but for a first time, it's usually about 2.3%, and then it increases on second use and further down the road. So my point is with, with the um, VA, while there is no PMI, no down payment requirement, you are paying a fee if you're not disabled, uh, anywhere between 23 to even 4%. So keep that in mind. It's not being paid out of pocket, but it's added back to the loan amount. What that means is, okay, what does that mean? Well, your monthly payment will be a hair higher because that's factored into it. So this is why I think they can charge a little bit less for rates because there's some fees that are associated with these loans. Um, Got it. That makes a lot of sense, Paul. A lot of sense. And and so that's interesting with the VA, how the funding rate goes up, but that's how they, they keep the program going. I guess that's how they, they probably pay the staff and, and do other things. Yeah, it offsets some of their costs and expenses. And, and again, it, it's pros and cons to every program, of course. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I mean, I think by far the best program out there is the VA because, you know, there's no limit on how much they can, they can lend. Right. So basically you could go buy a $3 million, $4 million VA, uh, a home with a VA mortgage with, you know, they could put money down. They don't have to put money down. Right. Yeah, no. And as long as the numbers work, the DTI and Jed, just so you're aware with VA, they're even more um, aggressive. They'll go up to 60% DTI. So even wow. higher than FHA. So FHA is 56.99. VA is up to 60%, whereas conventional is at 50. So you can see how your buying power will increase based on the program. And also with no PMI, I mean, that makes your payment even less to begin with. So that's why VA, as you mentioned, is probably the best program out there if you can qualify for it. Wow, that's amazing, Paul. I love it. Appreciate all the information. And listen, if, if you have any questions at all for Paul, you can go ahead and reach out to him uh, over at North Point uh, Bank, and you can reach him at 401-419-9291. Again, 401-419-9291. Paul, thanks so much for jumping on today. Thank you, Emilio. Have a great day. You're welcome. Awesome. Great program. Uh, we're going to be right back here in a couple minutes with John LaPointe of LaPointe Insurance, but uh, this this segment has been powered by North Point Bank. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. All right. Welcome back to the program. I'm Emilio Desperado and we have John LaPointe with LaPointe Insurance on the show today. So it's a very important, uh, it's a very important time to be focused. If you're a landlord, if you own investment properties, to be focused on protecting yourself, protecting your assets and uh, making sure that you're covered. So John today is going to talk about the landlord's guide for winter safety during the winter season. Super important. John, thanks for being here with us. Of course. Thanks for having me as always. And um, yeah, it's just kind of that time of year, right? Where, uh, you know, we, we lucked out the last couple of years where we haven't really had major 
snow or anything like that, but, um, you know, it's coming and any, right. every year is different and, uh, yeah, it can always bring it's different challenges. You know, last year we had, you know, really mild winter, except for one really bad cold snap where we got like yeah. negative degrees for a weekend. And I swear I came in Monday to a hundred phone calls. People had pipes burst in their properties um, because it just got so cold. There was, you know, nothing really even, you know, houses that were in great condition with good insulation and whatnot, were still having these claims. So sometimes it's unavoidable, but yeah, some tips for landlords, property managers, property owners, even if you're just a homeowner, um, you know, some things that I'll run through, little checklist, if you will, for uh, winter safety tips around the house. And then also kind of wanted to get into a little discussion with you, Emilio, too, about, you know, snow removal and uh, whether you contract for that, whether you do it yourself, is it the tenant's responsibility? Because in the winter months, when it comes to uh, insurance anyways, that's that's one of the most common claims that we see is a slip and fall from somebody that, that gets you know injured on the property. So I'll, I'll quickly go through a couple of the things that are, um, you know, helpful tips. And the first one definitely is slip and fall injuries. You know, they're, they're a real concern for all land landlords. Um, generally, landlords responsible for clearing ice and snow, but they may be able to shift the duty to the tenant part of, as part of a lease agreement. Is that correct? You, you, yes. you check, check me if I'm wrong on that, but. Um, no, you can, and, yes. So you know, always best to check your local laws and, and responsibilities as a landlord. But if you can offload the job to tenants, make sure the specifics are clear, like, you know, how to properly use, you know, salt or de-ice the uh, cement or stone walkways. Um, and, and also how to avoid property damage when doing that stuff, too, because, you know, like the, that salt ice melt that you throw down can actually, you know, if it's put on like a wood deck or something can kind of deteriorate that that deck, too. So that can be costly as a landlord as well. And so, you know. Rule of thumb, if you really know your tenants well, you have a good, you know, good relationship with them, chances are you might be able to come up with an agreement with your tenants. But but otherwise, you're looking to do it yourself and you, you want to make sure that you do it safely or contracting with somebody, you know, outsourcing that to somebody to do snow removal for you. And then mm -hmm. if you are, you want to make sure that that person has proper insurance too. You know, um, the biggest thing that we always say to anybody um, who's looking to hire somebody for snow removal is that you make sure that they have insurance and that that insurance doesn't just cover them for liability. If they damage your property during the course of their actual shoveling or something, but mm -hmm. that they also have coverage for completed operations. Meaning that, you know, if somebody then slips and falls after, and they didn't do a good enough job, that their insurance protects them for the completed operations, you know, and that um, that can add an extra layer of protection as a landlord, because ultimately if somebody does get hurt on the property, it's, it's the landlord's responsibility unless they have good contracts in place with the person who is responsible for that snow removal. Um, you know, carbon monoxide detectors, always important to make sure that you have them working in your property. And um, even if they're not required by law, it's just good, business sense to take those precautions. And um, especially in the winter, you know, when you got the heat running all the time, sometimes things can happen. Those furnaces can throw off CO and, and you don't want anybody getting injured in your property. So carbon monoxide detectors, smoke detectors, always part of a good inspection plan as a landlord to make sure that that stuff is, is going to be, you know, in good working order. Um, outdoor lighting, super mm -hmm. important. 
people going to be walking on potentially icy sidewalks. Make sure there's good lighting out there so people can actually see that black ice is real. All right. Outdoor lighting is super important too. Outdoor lighting can be a concern. Uh, and as the winter days are shorter, walkways become slippery. Use timers. Use those automatic lights that turn on with motion. Um, check the lighting systems. Make sure that they're working in the winter. The risk of fires definitely increases in the winter, mm-hmm. mainly due to improper electrical outlets. Christmas trees, those things are a huge mm-hmm. fire hazard. Uh, tenants are spending a lot more time at their home, maybe overloading some outlets for holiday lights and space mm-hmm. heaters. Those things are dangerous. So when inspecting your rental properties, look out for you know electrical hazards. And then I, I know there's some level of, uh, there's rules around this too as landlords, Emilio, and you can kind of uh, fill in the blanks too. But I, I know with keeping the heat up in the property is is definitely important. For one, avoiding those frozen pipes, like we talked oh, yeah. about happened last year. So keeping the heat on, even if you have maybe, you know, one unit that's not occupied, because you're in the middle of getting a tenant out of there, getting a new tenant in, make sure that you still have the heat at a reasonable level for that. And then obviously, you know, tenanted apartments, you, you have certain rules on on the heat in, in those areas as well. And then, um, you know, any anything to do with that. Um, yeah, really anything that you can do to maintain proper heat or insulation in the property and avoid potentially costly frozen pipes, pipe burst, water leaks. Those are the kind of things that even if you have insurance for it, yes, insurance is going to cover you to you know repair the property after that, but it can still be really costly because you know with a lot of insurance companies right now, those water damage claims have become something that's they're trying to avoid and. Mm-hmm clients of ours that have had water damage claims from burst pipes and whatnot are seeing their rates then go up on their insurance or their companies dropping them. So an an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure in that case, for sure. You want to make sure that you always do whatever possible to avoid that from happening in the first place. But Mm -hmm. anyways, my, my most important thing I would say for landlords is really that slip and fall situation, you know, and I know you, right. You, you own rental property, Emilio. I know you work with a lot of clients that do Mm -hmm. uh, have rental property, they're landlords. And and that's really important. I think probably the most important thing, if you're really serious about investing in real estate is, is following, you know, good property management practices, whether that means you outsource to a property management company, that's going to know exactly what to do. And you take a hands-off approach, Mm -hmm. or if you're going to do it yourself, that you really understand, you know, how important that is because right. it, it, it's the world we live in today. It, it is kind of a layup for, um, you know, somebody that gets injured and an attorney to come after you in a, in a lawsuit for that. And while, you know, a good insurance policy is going to protect you for it again, you just, you don't want to have one of those claims on your record for, for having a, a payout for liability, regardless no. of, you know, regardless of how safe your property is and the the actual specifics of that situation, it makes it a lot harder for you to obtain affordable insurance going forward. If as a landlord, you've had a recent liability claim, it's -hmm. just one of those things that's on my end, always a major red flag always has to be reviewed by underwriting. And we have to get, you know, more specifics. And, and even then we don't always get, you know, the most attractive pricing for our clients when they've had one of those situations. And again, sometimes, you know, unavoidable, but it it can be an unfortunate situation that kind of puts you behind the eight ball when it comes to getting inexpensive insurance policies. 
I tell all of my clients, John, uh, folks that are that are landlords and they're not in the property, so they're not owner occupied. I tell them, you know, don't don't spend your time running to that property every time there's an issue. Don't spend your time going and collecting all the rent checks, going doing the evictions. Don't waste your time doing these tasks, which are $20, $25 an hour. Instead, you want to find a reputable property management company, which is going to allow you to maximize your time, keep your stress levels down, have a better life, more enjoy enjoyable life. Not only is it a tax write-off, but like you said, John, you brought up a really good thing. When you have a property management company handle the snow removal, it's on them. It's on them. They've, they've taken that liability, providing that they have the completed operations insurance there, which I love. And I'm going to ask my property management company. I'm sure that they do. We use Nexus for all of our stuff, but there's other yeah, great, they're great stuff too. They are. Um, absolutely. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's, why would I not pay somebody 80, $115, whatever, go shovel out a five family. You know how long that would take me to do? I'd be there for four hours, three, four hours. Why am I going to do yeah. that? No, I'm absolutely not. You, you know what? It's, it's just classic time management, you know, and time is money, right? At the end of the day, you want to make sure that you're spending time on those, uh, income producing, uh, activities if you can, right. As a, as an investor and, um, you know, spending time shoveling snow and dropping down ice. I mean, sure. When you're just starting out, maybe that's something that you have to do, but if you're really serious about it, having a good property management company is definitely going to save you a lot of headaches and especially in the winter months. I mean, we just live in an area where weather is unpredictable and, um, a good property management company is prepared for all that. That's you don't right. have to worry about it. That's right. And we do live in a litigious society. So, I mean, people are so quick to sue. They're so quick to, uh, you know, go after the insurance companies. I'm sure you guys see it all the time. Um, I mean, you know. It, yeah, it's it, as easy as, I mean, it really is as easy as a, a, a letter getting sent in, you know, that says they they slipped and fell on the property because it was icy. And, uh, you know, depending on the situation, the insurance company may just settle that because it's costly for them to litigate. Yeah. You absolutely. know, absolutely. So, hey, and, if, and if you have any yeah. questions at all about your insurance, um, I want you to go ahead and reach out to John LaPointe at LaPointe Insurance. Maybe, maybe you're up for a renewal or maybe you're just curious on what your policy covers or does not cover, you know? So you want to call John and his team or go ahead and visit them online at lapointins.com. Again, lapointins.com, or you can give them a call at 401-499-2467. Again, 401-499-2467. What I love about LaPointe is they're a local, uh, they're a local insurance company, and they broker out to dozens of different carriers, which is fantastic. So they're going to look at your specific situation, and they're going to go ahead and put you in the right, uh, in the right policy which is going to give you the right coverage. And John, you know what I noticed? And I don't mean to get off subject here, but there was a time, I think it was it was within this year, where I was like, hey, John, I want to get rid of, because you guys do auto as well, I want to get rid of my full coverage on my truck. And you said, you know what, Emilio? You are in that truck all the time. You're traveling all over the state, okay? Selling real estate. As your friend, I can't let you do that. And let me tell you something, 
that was, you know what, that was not a, a, a way to, to, to keep money coming in and flowing into LaPointe. That was more or less like, I would be a horrible insurance advisor if I told you to do that when you're putting 60,000 yeah. miles on your truck every year. A hundred percent. And you know, it's like you, you, you had just mentioned it too. We live in that litigious society, you know, it's the kind of thing where it's like, you, you're, you're a, you're a businessman, you know, you're always well-dressed and you're always, you, you have the appearance of somebody that to me anyways, could be a target. If you had a little, maybe you get in a fender bender or something and yeah. uh, you know, you're, you, you hit the car in front of you and the person sees you, you know, in your, in your nice suit, your three-piece suit and you're all dressed up and you're, you're looking good right there and, and they're thinking man this guy is probably you know i i could definitely i think my neck hurts i think yeah. i think i gotta call somebody before you know so yeah oh, you know it's at sad. the end of the day there's certain things where there's always a conversation to be had you know yeah. and at the end of the day everybody's um and we're free to make your own choices too but but i always do look out for uh, you know clients and and also you know yeah, a lot of clients that I have go beyond just the client relationship, right? Friends too, you know, and, and that's, that's how it is for us. You know, I look at making sure that you, your policy is going to cover you the right way. And if mm -hmm. I can give you some valuable input, that's, that, that's going to hit home for you, then, you know, ultimately there's so many things that you can, you know, save money on a um, couple bucks on insurance here or there. Sometimes it makes sense, right? There might be a reason why, and we, we can always have that conversation. You can justify it. I'll say, that yeah, makes sense. I get it. Let's do it. But Sometimes, you know, it makes sense to pay a little bit more for insurance. And again, I think the, the biggest thing that I will say about our, our agency and how we do business is that, you know, you're in the driver's seat. The best I can do is give you all the information to make your best decision. And then we go from there. I'm not yeah. going to stand on a high horse, you know, and, uh, and shame somebody for, for not doing something because ultimately, you know, you can go to the one 800 company and, and get whatever you want to. So uh, best we can do is give some good advice. And it's the same way in your role too, right? You know, mm -hmm. you're always advising people, but you're not making decisions for them. No. It's, it's, it's how we, you know, it's how we make our money, man. We just, we just try and give the best advice we can. So that's right. That's right. Right on John. And, and the last part about it is I love it. Um, you know, when our clients call, they're not going to a call center, they're literally going to a point right in fall river um you know which is filled yep. with folks from rhode island and massachusetts these are local people these are our neighbors these are people that understand the weather we're in the places we're at um our our cultural norms here in this part of the country i mean these are like people with our accents right like pretty good stuff so <laughs> awesome john thank you very much uh happy to have you on the show with us appreciate you being on here and for our listeners lapointins.com lapoint insurance or give them a call 401-499-2467 john thanks again hey thanks for having me have a great rest of your show thanks everybody for listening you're welcome you too awesome great segment this segment was powered by lapoint insurance Hey, good morning. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Emilio Desperado, and I'm here with you each and every single Sunday on News Radio 920, 104.7 FM, and streaming on iHeartRadio, WHJJ. If you prefer SoundCloud as well, you can hear the podcast on SoundCloud, and you can reach out to me anytime with any type of real estate questions, no matter what market you're in. If I can't help you there, we'll go ahead and point you in the right direction. That phone number, my direct line, 401 
401-359-2338. Again, 401-359-2338. So I'm so glad you're here with us today. Um, you know, real estate is one of those things where you constantly have to be in the know to understand what's going on. Uh, the market is always shifting. It never stays the same, right? It's like anything else, um, but it's exciting. It really is exciting. Let me give you some exciting news. I'm going to give it right from the horse's mouth, guys. And that's the nice thing about this program is that we're able to give you factual information. This is not fluffy stuff from the media. It's not fear-mongering from the media. It's nothing like that. You're hearing it right from a local real estate advisor here in Rhode Island about Rhode Island, right? It's pretty great. All right, so what I want to share with you is the amount of homes that have hit the market are actually, there's more now than there's been in the past three years, okay, which is really nice to see. And the lack of housing over the past three years has actually caused this unbelievably inflated pricing not only here, but across the country. And when you mixed that lack of inventory with the low mortgage rates, again, it, it increased the demand because so many more people were able to purchase. So the prices of real estate, no matter where you were, went up significantly. Okay. But that's all right. We can capitalize on this. But before we do that and dive into it, we need to first understand what's happening here in the market, right? So today at this point, we've got just fewer than a thousand homes, single family homes on the market in Rhode Island. And I gotta say, this is the first time, uh, maybe one other time, this is the first time where we have fewer single family homes pending, meaning that a buyer came in, got it under contract, than active available homes for sale, which is uh, is pretty significant, okay? So what this means is that finally the supply is outpacing the demand. On the other end, if you're thinking about selling your home, don't panic about that. And I want and I'm talking to you too. if you your home has been on the market now for a few weeks and you're like, man, you know, a few months ago, my neighbors put their home on the market and it went in like two days. Look, homes are taking a little longer to sell right now, which is normal. It's okay. So the homes that are going pending are pending in just under 40 days on market. And while that may seem like a lifetime compared to what it was when it was two, three, four, five days on market, maybe 14 days on market, it's really not because... You know, if you've been listening to this show for a long time, you remember, you remember four, five, six years ago when we were talking about homes that were on the market for 100 days, 120 days, and anything under 150 days on market indicates when it's the market as a whole, indicates that we're in a seller's market, okay, where supply is, again, outpacing the demand. So you're in a really good spot if you're sellers, buyers, buyers, listen. You are in a very, very good spot right now as well, too, because here's why. You've got fewer competition. This right here, this 974, just around 1,000 single-family homes on the market is over 30%. I'm sorry, it's 50% more than where we were a few years ago. 
And that's when all the bid wars were happening. People were getting priced out of the market. So if you were priced out of the market or you kept, you know, had your head down because you kept getting beat up with the, you know, the bid wars, people were waiving inspections, you know, they were putting escalation forms in, buying homes 20, 30, 40, 50, 200,000 over the highest price, no joke. You're now in a spot where you go and you see homes that have been on the market now three, four, five, six weeks. You may be in a position where you don't have to pay list price on that home. You also can do inspections on that home, which leave you in a position of understanding where the house is, what the house needs, different costs you may incur over time. But you know, more importantly, leaves you in a spot where you can leave that transaction. You're not stuck in that transaction if you need to walk away, right? Let me give you a couple examples of what that looks like, why you would need to potentially walk away from a house if you're going through inspections. Let's look, I always tell my clients, look at the big ticket items, right? Things like the roof, the septic system, the heating system, the central air, which you're not really testing right now in the, the colder months, right? Um, plumbing, electrical, right? All of those things are, are pretty big ticket items, okay? So let's say you go into a home, you test the septic system and the septic system fails. Well, what do you do? right? Well, you can either go ahead and ask the seller to replace the septic before the closing or pay for it. I don't know if it'll be able to get replaced because you got to obviously get, you know, designer out there. You got to get DM approval. Then you got to get an installer out there to do it. So, I mean, it's, it's a process, right? And we can help you with that process, but you can have the seller pay for that in means of a credit or holding money back in escrow. So we can negotiate that for you, okay? And that that's an important thing. Whereas a few months ago or a year or two years, three years ago, you were not in many cases negotiating anything. You were waiving inspections and finding out later that you had to replace that $25,000, dollars $60,000 septic system and talk about a punch to the gut, man. Like what a blow, right? You just spent all this money, maybe maybe $100,000, $200,000 on a down payment, or maybe you, know, maybe you got Rhode Island housing. You didn't spend a ton of money on the down payment and you don't have a ton of money for repairs and now you're stuck in a very bad situation. And listen, if you are in a situation where you purchased a couple years ago and you're just at the point where you're like, I can't afford this home anymore. You're you're fine. You're okay because you have equity in the home. I'm telling you, 99 out of 100, out of 100 times right now, I'm walking into a home where somebody purchased it two years, even a year ago, and we're able to get them out at the very worst case, broken even, unless you really let that house go, okay? So, just going back to what we were talking about, you have options here in this market, which is really good. And if you need help with it, or if you need to ask someone questions, I'm a real estate agent here in Rhode Island, uh, 401-359-2338. My team and I cover the whole state. We cover Massachusetts and Connecticut, and we've helped out well over a thousand buyers and sellers here. Um, so we know the markets and we know how to get you in and out of any type of situation, okay? So 
Um, so anyway, so the market is in a healthy spot right now, despite you know some other sections of the economy. People are like, oh, the mortgage rates are high, this or that. I mean, listen, don't let that stop you from making a decision to doing what you need to do, right? Let's say you're in a situation where that house is too big for you and you're paying crazy bills on that house, right? Why are you doing that? Why are you like locking yourself into a bad situation where you're letting the house go? You're not maintaining it. Your home is losing value by the day because of that. And in addition, um, you know, we're still in a market where you can get top dollar for your home. You can take the cash out of there and either go rent something or go buy something in another market for less and take out a small mortgage or take out um, no mortgage, right? And go ahead and get the house that you want. So everybody's needs is different. There's not a one size fits all, especially in real estate and Again, I would I would recommend that you speak with a qualified professional in your marketplace that can walk you through this, right? And this is this is what we do for our clients. You know, a few weeks ago I went and I met with uh, uh, cl my client. Uh, her name's Dorothy from North Kingstown. And if Dorothy and her, and her family are listening, by the way, I really enjoyed talking with you, Dorothy. Um, you get a great home there. But you remember what did I say to you? I said, listen, you've got. You're thinking about downsizing. You're thinking about moving, um, but you don't want to go rent and pay these astronomically high prices. You got a nice home, beautiful home on a beautiful lot. You told me how you fell in love with it. Um, but you know what? You have a double parlor in your uh, first level. And I know the stairs, you know, they, they weren't they weren't working well for Dorothy anymore. And she wanted something more one level. I said, Dorothy, I said, why are you selling this home? Why not just go ahead and keep the home because it still works for you. It's still affordable for you. You're still maintaining it. It's in beautiful shape. Why not build a wall in one of the double parlors and turn that into a bedroom for yourself for now? It's right across the hallway from a bathroom. I mean, this stuff works. I literally helped talk her out of selling her home because there's no benefit for her at this specific point, right? Now, not everybody it's going to work for everybody like that. It won't, right? Some people are in a position where they have to sell. They have to make a move, right? Either way, I'm happy to assist you, link you up with my referral network of any and all services you need, moving companies, attorneys, mortgages, contractors. I'm here for you, folks. 401-359-2338. Uh, awesome stuff. Hey, we got to jump to a quick commercial break. Uh, this is the Desperado Team Real Estate Show, and uh, this segment has been powered by Engel and Volker. Stay tuned. We'll be right back in a couple of minutes. All right. On the line with us, we've got Jennifer Jaber with riblogger.com. She's here to talk about the top five events happening here in Rhode Island. This is her five top five pick of this week. Jennifer, welcome back. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. Thank you. What's happening out there? <laughs> Well, we have a lot of holiday-themed events. This first one um, I've been to twice in a row. It's one of my favorite ones. Um, it's the fifth annual Matunic Holiday Stroll because, I, I mean, I love all the holiday strolls, but this one happens to be Oceanside, which is nice. Um, it's right. Thursday, September 7th at the Ocean Mist and the surrounding businesses from 5 to 9 p.m. Um, Matunic's all decked out in holiday cheer, uh, making a festive be beachside night to remember. Um, you can get your holiday shopping done while supporting tons of local artisans 
um, the Mist, the Pub, Point Break Cottages, Matunic Surf Shop, Matunic Pizza, and Surfside Coffee will all be set up with artisans. Um, there'll be seasonal cocktails and bites along the way. And there's also three awesome prizes this year too, which are raffle prizes. Um, so it's definitely worth checking out. And I believe they're overnight stays, one at the Admiral Dewey and one at the Point Break Cottages. So they're worth uh, checking out. Sweet. Yeah, absolutely. Bristol's third annual European Christmas Marketplace will take place December 9th and 10th um, from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. Bristol invites you to stroll along the beautifully decorated Christmas huts while you partake in delicious fare. Um, you can shop for that special gift for someone, take in the sights and sounds of the holiday, and children get to create their own wooden gingerbread houses. Um, you can visit Santa at the James D. Riley Bristol Santa House. There'll be music, singing, and just plenty of festive cheer. Awesome. Now until December 31st is the Holiday Light Show at Confreda Farms in Hope, Rhode Island. It's the longest-running drive through light display with several hundred larger-than-life displays. Um, pack a snack and bundle up in the warmth of your car, and you'll drive through a one-mile synced light display. I've been to it in the past, and I think it was at a different location, but it's it's awesome. It's a mile long. We packed hot chocolate and a snack. It's great. Oh, that's fantastic. Family Fun Breakfast is December 10th at Dave & Buster's at the Providence Place Mall at 9 a.m., so you can skip the long lines and score an exclusive meet and greet. Uh, tickets include buffet with soda, coffee, and tea, a $10 power card with unlimited video game play, kid-friendly crafts, early access to stores, um, personal photos with Santa, and much more. So again, that's just a great way to get into the spirit of the season. Yeah, absolutely. And last but not least, I'm also looking forward to this one. Um, Sunday, December 10th is the Westerly Light Parade from 6 to 7 p.m. in downtown Westerly. There'll be floats, music, festive holiday displays. Um, come early and have dinner or cocktails in Westerly. It's free and open to the public. And a lot of times the stores you know, are open late and have some specials running as well. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Love and it. And, and that, that was five. They went by so quick. Awesome. And if, uh, if, if you're looking for something to do this Christmas season, you can go ahead and check out riblogger.com where uh, you're going to find just so much, so much to do. Uh, free events, uh, fantastic events to take the family and just so much happening here in Rhode Island. Jennifer, thank you again so much for coming on. Thank you. Have a great week. You're welcome. You too. Awesome. Don't forget, check out riblogger.com to find out everything. Good stuff. I'd like to thank our uh, contributors for coming on today. We had Paul Sacone with uh, North Point Bank. He talked about the government loans, uh, FHA, VA, and USDA. Great segment. John LaPointe of LaPointe Insurance gave uh, the Landlord's Guide for Winter Safety and Jennifer Jaber with riblogger.com. If you have any questions regarding real estate and need some help, buying or selling real estate here in Rhode Island, Mass, Connecticut, or anywhere in the planet. My team and I can help you. 401-359-2338 or homevalue401.com. Again, homevalue401.com. You can go ahead and start there as well. Thank you so much. Have a great week. God bless you. And we'll see you next time here on the Despirito Team Real Estate Show on News Radio 920-1047-FM.